Good morning. <clears throat> Welcome to all those that are joining us. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Asara Beteves, Tavshin Peidalad. I apologize for the lateness. This morning in Shul, we had Kriya Satoro, we had Slichos. There were different delays. And we're broadcasting this morning from Ramat Beit Shemesh. <clears throat> we dedicate the learning today, Li'iloi Lechvoid Nishmas, Moirein of Rabbeinu Horav, Rab Nosson, Rab Naftali Herz, whose yard site is today, <clears throat> and Li'iloi Nishmas, Dorina Bas Reb Chaim and Chaya Clara, whose yard site is today. In addition, we dedicate the learning because tomorrow is Shabbos. We won't be giving a shir tomorrow. We dedicate the learning, Li'iloi Nishmas, Fega Bas Reb Avram Boruch, Reb Yitzhak Meir, Reb Yechiel Michal, Malka Dvoira Bas, Rabavrom Tzvi, and Moshe Berebetzale Leib, whose yard sites are tomorrow on the 11th of Teves. And we dedicate the learning for a complete Rafua Shalema for all those that need it, including Chavivachana Basgalia, Rochel Basgalia, Noya Nechama Basgalia, Eliana Golda Bas, Hanafega, Ayelet Shoshana Bas, Hanafega, Talia Bas, Hanafega, Talia Bas, Shimon Eliezer ben Rochel, David ben Behia, Shandel Basleya, Yehudas Ruchama bas Chavarus, Sora Rochel bas Yispendel, Avivelon bas Yispendel, Gitgenendel bas Sipoira, Libalea bas Sipoira, Idis bas Miriam Brindel, Michal Sora bas Adasa, Sora Yehudas bas Sora, David Lei ben Shena, Avigail Brocha bas Shiratvoira, Baruch Mordechai ben Tali, Yosef Avram Aliyaz and Isim ben Pesia, Peretz Aliyah ben Soraleya, Fruma bas Genessa, Avivachaya bas Esther Mindel, Binyamin Yitzchok ben Liba, Menachem ben Rishabasha, Chaya Brocha bas Perel, Yentesora bas Chanarus, Ruvein Moshe ben Rochel, Shloime ben Rivka Sprinza, Elio ben Miriam Rus, Lei ben Jenya, Besoch Sharfel Israel, Malkehim de Baskrindel. We'll continue the Shira Mikutel Lachis and hopefully we'll leave a little time at the end to speak a little bit about Rav Nasnazal. We're continuing in Hilchas in Or in Yeridea Chelikshani, Hilchas Kile Ilon Halacha Aleph, and we're up to. We're in middle of paragraph Dalid. We're up to the words Vialkein Noihagen Loimar Vihinoyam. There are some people who, when they light Hanukkah candles, they just make the brachas. And finished. Among the Hasidim, there are tefillahs that are said, there's a special Hashem Yichud that's said before lighting Hanukkah candles. And there's also a tefillah from the Bnei Yisachar. There are major tefillahs that are said both before lighting Hanukkah candles and after the lighting of the Hanukkah candles, after Hanera Salalu, after Mo'isur. And one of them is Vihinoyam. We say the Vihinoyam and Yoshe Beseser Elyon. So Ragnosanzal says, Vialkein Noyagen Loimar Vihinoyam, Achar Hadlokas Ner Hanukkah. 
as we see in the Siddur of Reb Shapsi, the Gemara tells us that this tefillah was said by Moshe Rabbeinu as a bracha to Klal Yisrael upon the completion of the Mishkan. As the Medrash says, Moshe Rabbeinu gave the Jewish people a bracha that the Shekhinah, the Divine Spirit of Hashem, should rest upon the Mishkan and upon all of the actions of, of the Jewish people. As, as we Kimoshom Rabbi Seinuzal, as Rashi says in Tehillim, where this Pasuk is from, Moshe Rabbeinu, we know, is one of the ten Sadikim that contributed to the Sefer Tehillim. That's why we find a double expression in the Pasuk, where it says, Going on the Mishkan and going on all of our Mas Rav Nosanzal says, because it's really all one. We are supposed to see to it that everything we do, every any work that we do, any business we conduct, everything we do, which is included in the 39 acts of work of the Mishkan, that it should be pure, it should be done with holiness and purity, to the point where everything we're doing is like building the Mishkan, or the work that was done in the Mishkan. As we spoke in the previous paragraph about the 39 lights, the 39 types of work that were done in the Mishkan, which draw from the 39 lights of Hashem's name, Yud Kevav, Yud Vav Dalet, Vav Alavav. V'yalkein klolo Moshe Yachad, ha-brocha b'ma'asiyadeim, And this is why Moshe Rabbeinu put these two together. You would think that these are two different worlds, the Mishkan and our, and our own activities. The answer is they're not. We are supposed to be conscious during the six days of the week when we're doing work, when we're doing malacha, that our malacha should be should be plugged into the 39 acts of work of the Mishkan. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu put them together in one bracha. And now we understand why we say this, this bracha, vihinoyam, we say it after, right after lighting Hanukkah candles, because as we explained earlier in the previous year, the Hanukkah candles represent words of Torah that are glowing, that are giving off light. That's the 39 lights. We know that the, the, the 39 Acts of holy work of the Malachis Mishkan and the Beis Hamikdash, Shezeu Bechinas Chanukah, and Chanukah is all about initiating the Beis Hamikdash. Shehi Bechinas Chanukah Sabeis Hamikdash, 
Because throughout the eight days of Hanukkah, the portion of the Torah that we read is all about putting the initiation ceremony of the Mishkan. Shehi, which begins with the words, Vayhi biyoyim kalois Moshe lahokemes mishkan. It was on the day that Moshe Rabbeinu completed putting up the mishkan. And that's why after, upon lighting the Hanukkah candles, we say vihinoyam, shenemar be'es hakomas mishkan, which is the bracha that Moshe Rabbeinu gave the Jewish people at the time that the mishkan was completed. We're saying this after lighting Hanukkah candles in order to perfect the 39 acts of work, that they should be connected to the 39 lights of Kedusha, which is what the Mishkan was radiating when it was built, when we had the Mishkan. Any questions? And based on this, we understand the halacha about not grafting together two trees. Where the only act that's forbidden here is the actual grafting of two trees, where a person takes a branch from one tree and inserts it into the other tree and, and allows it to, to take hold and thereby mixing together the two trees. Whereas other aspects of kilayim do not apply to trees. We're allowed to put together, we're allowed to have trees, apple trees, orange trees, planted side by side with seeds of other produce. Kemavor Aruch, as is pointed out in Yoridea chapter 295, paragraph 4, which speaks about this. Because Rabbeinu Zal explains over there in Likut Imran, in chapter 11, which this halach is based on, Zal, that, that the Gemara says in Chulin, page 61, when Hashem originally created the world, and when Hashem gave the commandment for the trees to come forth, Hashem added the word, Leminehem, each one of the trees according to their species, which means that each one has to be separate. We don't combine two species of trees. So the Gemara says, when Hashem made this statement, the grass and the lower, the smaller plants made a kalvachomer for themselves. And they said, uma ilonois, if trees which are tall and they don't attach themselves to each other, trees generally are set completely separate from each other. 
And yet Hashem specified that they must be kept apart, separate, each type, in the, each individual type separate. Onu, she'onu k'tanem we, blades of grass or other vegetation, which are much smaller, and we are very close to each other, for sure, for sure, we must be kept separate, each one of us individually apart, not mixing different types of seeds. I'll explain this over there in that this is related to what we spoke about earlier, that this is also alluding to the purity between men and women, the relation between men and women, the, the two different levels of Shmira Sabris that we discussed earlier, meaning the lower level people, the ordinary people, where the husbands and wives are together even during the six days of the week, they have to be very, very careful and very guarded regarding the purity and holiness of the relationship, the Shmira Sabris. That at least, if they're not going for the highest levels of Kedusha like the Tzadikim, but at least to be careful not to cross any red lines, Chas V'Shon, regarding Shmira Sabris. And the ordinary people have to be able to deduce a Kalvachimer from the great people, from the Tzadikim, just like we saw before about the low-level grass making a Kalvachimer, the, lo, the, lo, the lowly grass making a Kalvachimer from the trees. And this is what the Gemara is alluding to. When the Gemara says, Uma ilonois, shem gedoylem, If trees, which are tall, and they're not right next to each other, hainu gedoylem b'mayla, this means that they are on a high level. This is referring to those tzaddikim who are on a high level. Remember, there's a pasuk, ki ha'odon eitz hasode, that man is compared to a tree. So the tall trees represents the tzaddikim who are on a high level, they are referred to as trees that are not immediate with each other, they're not next to each other, meaning, referring to the fact that this is referring to those people whose union between husband and wife is not immediate. But rather, it's from Shabbos to Shabbos, from Friday night to Friday night. And even though they are on such a high level, still the Torah gave a warning. Even they, even these Sadiqim, need protection. They need that that they that everything should be in its specific way. Means stick to your own kind, which which is an, one of the descriptions of tikkun abris, not going to a straight to strangers. As it says, the Jews will guard shmira shmira guard protect the Shabbos. 
And the Arizal reveals that the first letters of B'nai Yisroel S. HaShabos, Shehu Roshetevis Bia, make up the word Bia, which means the relations between husbands and wa- husband and wife. Shehi Bechinas Zivug Mishabes Lashabes, Kemuva Bekisve Arizal. The Arizal says, the word Vishamru means to guard, and the word Vishamru also means to wait, to wait for something. The, the Pasuk says by Yaakov Avinu that when Yosef HaTzadik told over his dreams, it says, V'oviv shomar es hadova. His father Yaakov Avinu was waiting for this, waiting to see if and when this is going to take place. So the Arizal says, V'shomru b'nei Yisrael HaShabbos refers to those tzaddikim who wait for Shabbos. They, they say, stay apart from their wives during the six days of the week, and they wait for Shabbos. And that's why the first letters of B'nai Yisrael HaShabbos make up the word Bia. And so they require Shmira. Hainu shegam oisom hizir Hashem yisbarach v'shamru. Even those tzaddikim, Hashem issued a warning v'shamru, be careful. Sheyishmeru esatzman ma'oid sheloi lifkan bebrizchas v'shom. That they should be very watchful and careful not to commit any sins regarding, and not to cross any red lines regarding shmira sabris. Even though these satikim are on such a level that their zivug is not immediate, but rather they wait. They wait for Friday night. How much more so ordinary people who are not Talmud Chachamim, where they are together with their wives during the week, they are small, and there next to it, taketh means immediate. Their zivug is close one to another, even during the six days of the week. How much more so, they have to be careful to stick to their own kind, which means to your own kind, which is alluding to the concept of Shmir Sabris, which means at least they should make sure not to go out of the boundaries that the Torah has set, the laws of Nida and the laws, all the laws of the law of at night, not during the day, all the different specifications that the Torah gives. I and Shon, take a look over there in Torah Yud Aleph and Likud Imran, where Rabbein Azal expounds on this Gemara and Chulin and how it's related to Shmira Sabris. Question in the chat, but what can a person do for the acts of work that they do to be related to the building of the Mishkan? Is there any special kavana that you can have in mind? The answer is yes. Rav Nosanzal writes about this in different places. One of the most important kavanas that a person is supposed to have when they're working is that the money that I'm going to earn, the most important part of that money is the tzedakah that I'm going to give. Just like by the Mishkan. What was the Mishkan built from? It was the charitable donations of Klal Yisrael. So when I'm going to work, I'm working to support my family, but that's secondary. My primary, my most important goal, and the most important reason I'm going into work is to have the privilege of giving meiser, giving chaymish, the charity that, I, that I'm going to give. 
that's my choicest money. That's my choice. That's one of the ways. And again, to have in mind that that the reason why we're working, the reason why Hashem created the world in such a way is that we should be able to tap in to this ticket, to these 39 lights and to the the type the, the work, the different types of work that were done in the Mishkan, which were so holy, so special. With this, we, we understand also what we mentioned earlier, that we met, we spoke about Yehuda Ilo and Yehuda Tato. Yehuda Ilo was Shema Yisrael Hashem Elkein Hashem Echot. Yehuda Tato was Baruch Shem Kloyd Malchusoy. Yehuda Ilo was the higher level Shmira Sabris, of the tzaddikim from Shabbos to Shabbos, Yehuda Tato was the lower level of ordinary people who stay within the boundaries of the Torah, but their zivug is also during the six days of the week. And we learn that the Yehuda Tato receives from the Yehuda Ilah. If you take a look at the Kriya Shema, Shema has 25 letters in it. Baruch Shem has 24 letters in it. The 25 are feeding into the, it's always the smaller one is receiving from the one above it. Just like the Sifrei Kabbalah tell us, you have Chesed, and above Chesed is Chachma, on the right side. How do we know that? Because Chachma is Bigimatria 73, and Chesed is Bigimatria 72. Mm -hmm. To show that Chesed is below Chachma, receiving from Chachma. I remember hearing from my Rebbe Rav Rosenfeld that in Halel, in Hallel, which we say, especially on Hanukkah, which we just celebrated recently, we say the whole Hallel. We say there, Kel Hashem vayoer lonu isruchag vavoisin. Kel Hashem are two names of Hashem. Kel is 31. Yudke Vavke is 26. Together it's 57. Kel Hashem, which is 57, Yoer shines into la nu to nun vav to nun vav. This nun vav, there's a whole explanation in the Sifre Kabbalah of of what the nun vav is. We related to vihinoim Hashem alekein nu umasi odei nu kainen alei nu. You have that nun vav at the end of those words. Each one of those words, there's a significance. But we see this concept of the upper one feeding into the lower one. Hainu. What, what this is telling us is that the ordinary people who are on the lower level of Shmira Sabris, we receive our Shmira, our Kedusha, from the great Sadiqim. And that's why when Hashem gave the commandment for the grass to come forth. And the Lord, Hashem didn't specify Leminehem there. Rag hisir Hashem gave the warning to the trees, which are tall, which represent the higher level people. And the lower level ones have to be able to make a kalvachomer. They call it a 40 40 in English, I think from the, the, the greater ones. 
because our job is only to learn from the ones who are above us, the ones who are greater than us. It's incredible, incredibly appropriate that we're saying this today on a Sorabateves, the yard site of Rabnosanzal. Rabnosanzal is the one who really understood how important it is to have a Rebbe, how important it is to have somebody greater and to be able to receive from that person. And he searched so hard until he found the right, the right Rebbe. We find that in, in Yemei Maranat, in the autobiography that Rav Nassau wrote, in the beginning, he writes about how he started out, he was raised in a family, his father was a Talmud Chacham, and the whole house was a house, a Torah house. His father-in-law was one of the recognized leaders of the generation in Torah and Avodah Hashem. However, they were very anti-Hasidus. Rav Nosanzal said his father-in-law had a bad experience that he went to he went to investigate Hasidus and he went to one group and he saw that the Rebbe was a tzaddik, Repinchas Mikoritz, who was one of the greatest of the leaders of the Hasidus. But he heard his Talmidim speaking against Reb Michal Mizlachev. And then he went to see who this Reb Michal Mizlachev is and he saw that his Talmidim was speaking against Reb Pinchas Mikoritz. So unfortunately, he drew the wrong conclusion. And he said, you know what? They're both right. All of this stuff is no good, this Hasidus. We should stay far away from it. And he used to lecture his family on a daily basis, his sons and his sons-in-law, sons <clears throat> how important it is to stay away from Hasidim, to stay away from Hasidus, despite the fact that he was a great tzaddik. Rav Nassim writes, that when he was 16 years old, three years after he got married, he had a chavrusa who was a chassid, who came from a chassidish background. And they argued the whole time about chassidus, non-chassidus, chassidus, until Rav Nosenzal says his chavrusa convinced him that, that the chassidim, that the chassidim, especially when it comes to mitzvahs that are related to the heart, the chassidim have the advantage. There's more lave there. There's more, there's more warmth. And Rav Nassau compared it. He said that in, during his time, they knew there was a food called a knish. And a knish is a very delicious type of food that's made from a delicious dough that's baked with potatoes inside of it. And the potatoes have salt and pepper and other spices. And when this knish comes out of the oven, it's wow. It's something very, very delicious. <laughs> but but what happens is when you can't finish all of it, you put it in the refrigerator or the freezer, you know, for the next, next time you're going to use it. A person takes a cold knish out of the refrigerator and takes a bite out of it. It's almost tasteless. And you wonder, I don't understand the same ingredient, same exact ingredients, but it's lacking the warmth, the passion, the fire, the heart. It's lacking the heart. And Rav Nosanzal felt this. Rav Nosanzal told a story of the Rav Ben Yochid about a rabbi. Rav Nosanzal calls him Rav. So we know this person was a real authentic rabbi. And he had an only child after not having children for a while. And he loved him very much. And he gave his son the opportunity after he got married to sit and learn, to learn and daven. No worries about Parnassa, nothing. And the son did this. 
but he felt something's missing, something's missing. And he didn't know what it was. What could be missing? The Torah is everything. Torah and tefillah is everything. What am I lacking? And he spoke to some of his friends. Rabbi Nezal says he spoke to Bnei Hanaurim, some of his young friends, and they advised him, you have to go to this tzaddik and he will help you. They didn't say go to a tzaddik. They said go to this tzaddik and he will help you. He is if he realizes that he cannot help himself. He can, he's trying, he's learning and diving really well, and it's not working. It's not working. The Gemara says that a person who's learning Torah properly, the Gemara gives a whole list. The Gemara says that from heaven they reveal secrets, secrets to him, and he has humility and, and Yiras Hashem, and he's beloved by everybody, and he loves everybody. The Mishnah Perkei gives a whole series of what the results are supposed to be when a person's learning Torah properly, learning Torah Lishma. And he saw that what it says in that Mishnah is not, doesn't apply to him. So I'm, I'm doing something wrong. I'm missing something. What am I missing? They told him, you're missing the tzaddik. That's this tzaddik. So he wants to go to the tzaddik and his father, his father says, what are you talking about? We come from a more reputable family than him. We have bigger yichus than him. And you're a bigger lambdan than him. You're smarter than him. Why would you want to go to him? It would be, it's an insult to our family for you to go to him. And the father tries every which way to dissuade him. And the, 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 the father says, just go back to learning. And he tries again. And it's a beautiful story in Sipurim Isis. I believe it's the eighth story in Sipurim Isis. But in the end, the father succeeds in blocking his son from getting to the tzaddik. The son dies. And then the son comes to the father in a dream, <clears throat> very angry. And the father says, what are, you, what are you angry about? And he says, go to the tzaddik, you'll find out what I'm angry about. The father wakes up and he says, dreams are nothing. Goes back to sleep, has the dream again and a third time. And he realizes this is not nothing. The, the, the father wakes up and he travels to the tzaddik. And in the end, the tzaddik says, I'm just giving you some of the story because I'm leaving out a lot of details. The, in the end, the, 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 the tzaddik screams, Chaval al woe is for the terrible, terrible loss. Because this son was the Mo'er HaKoton and the tzaddik was the Mo'er HaGodon. And it's known in Sfarim that in every generation, just like when Hashem created the world, He created the sun and the moon. So too, in every generation, there's a sun and a moon. There's a tzaddik who is Moir Hagodol, and there's a tzaddik who is Moir Hakoton. It's known that during the time of the Baal Shem Tov, the Oyer Hachaim Hakodesh, Rabbi Chaim Ben Atar who originally lived in Chutz Laaretz and then moved to Eretz Yisrael, he was known to be the Moir HaGodol, by those who knew, and the Baal Shem Tov was the Moir HaKoton. And this was one of the main reasons why the Baal Shem Tov tried so hard to get to Eretz Yisrael. It was to meet up with the Orachayim HaKodesh, because he knew if these two get together, they can bring the Geula, they can bring the complete Geula. In the end, they weren't successful. The Baal Shem Tov made several, several tries to get there to Israel. He wasn't successful. So the Rav, in the story there, the Rav is told, had your, your son was the Moir HaKoton and the Tzaddik was the Moir HaGodol. If they would have gotten together, Moshiach would have come. 
And now it's lost, it's finished. And that's how the story ends. That's how the story ends. My Rebbe, Rabbi Michal Dorfmizach, who was zeichet to live in Uman and to learn from the tzaddikim there, the older Breslov Hasidim, said that, that that's what happened there. But we know that there was another Moer HaKoton. There was a Moer HaKoton called Rab Nosenzal, who also, whose father was also a Rav. His father-in-law was a big Rav. And, and the Sultan tried every way in the world possible to prevent Rav Nosenzal from getting to the Tzaddik. First from getting to, into Hasidus at all, and then from getting to Rav Benazal. It's brought that a year before Rav Nosenzal met Rav Benazal, he was so broken by the fact that he felt something big is missing in his life and he doesn't know what it is, that one Moitzoy Shabbos, one Saturday night, he was together with the students of Rabbi Levi Yitzchak at that time. They were having Malava Malka. And they told him to go buy bagels, to go buy bread. And he goes out and he's thinking, what's going to be with me? What's going to be with my life? And, and he gets so down that he goes into a shul he goes into the women's section of shul. Nobody's there at the time. It's Moitzoy Shabbos after, after Shabbos is over. And he starts saying to Hillen, pouring out his heart, putting everything he has into it. And he says the first 50 chapters of Tehillim, and then he collapses. He literally collapses on the floor, totally exhausted, wiped out. And he has a dream. And in the dream, he sees a ladder, a tall, tall ladder. And he sees, he starts trying to climb up the ladder and he, he makes some progress and he falls. Falling off a ladder hurts. He picks himself up, he gets back up, starts climbing again, gets higher up on the ladder and falls again. And it hurts more. And it happens to him a third time, trying to get up and he's getting close to the top and he falls. And this time he can't pick himself up. And a young man comes to comes over to him and says to him, Hang in there. Keep trying. You're going to hold on. You're going to get to where you need to get to. And Rav Nosenzal said that a year later, when he met Rav he recognized that was the young man that he saw in the dream. And when he met Rav that's when he saw he got everything he needed. He got what was lacking, what was missing, the fire, the heart. Rabbi Nezal writes in a chapter in Likud Imran that the Jewish people have Chachma and Lahavdul the Goyim have Chachma. So what's the difference? Rabbi Nezal says the difference is our Chachma is with Lave. Their Chachma is without Lave. They are heartless. We know we had an experience in our generation, the Holocaust, where we saw the Chachomim, supposedly the smartest scientists in the world, Germany, Yamach Shemom, who make Mercedes Benz, who make the best machine. Everybody knows if you buy, if it's made in Germany, it's a different league of quality because their, their smart people are the smartest. Look what these smart, I would, can't use the word people, Chasashom, Look what, they, look what their Chachma was able to do to come up with a, a means of, of murdering, murdering six million Jews, Rahman al-Islam, and bringing about a world war where tens of millions of people were killed, slaughtered. This is where, they, where their Chachma took them. And, and when the Chachma is with Le, and, and the, the Sforim write, there's a Pasuk in Yeshaya Hanavi where the Navi says to the Jewish people that 
ואת בספוסוב חיבדוני וליבום רוחי ממני. With their lips they show respect to me, they speak תפילה, they speak words of Torah, but their heart isn't in it. There's no heart. And the Navi says, because of that, Hashem says, Yosef lahafli, I'm going to smash them in a major, major way. And Rashi says, what is hafli vafela? Rashi says, kisui me'al kisui, a covering on top of a covering. This is referring to our generation. The Torah says that we are living in a time of v'onoichi hastir astir esponai. Hashem is going to be covered And the covering is going to be, the fact that Hashem is covered is going to be covered from us. People aren't, what do you mean Hashem is covered? What are you talking about? We have places where there's a shul on every block and a mikvah on every block and sfarim. We have everything. We're so, we, we must be a hundred times bigger than, than Rashi, than the Tanoim and Amoyroim. And, and we see that we're not. If a person looks honestly, if a person is honest, We see that we're not, so, so what's missing? What's missing is the heart. What's missing is the, the bisfos of chibduni. That, and, and it says there that, and, that their avoida becomes mitzvahs anoshim melumada. That it's people doing what they were taught to do. Like a parrot. You can teach a parrot to speak. And, a par- and it sounds almost like a human being. So you have parrots speaking words of Torah, speaking words of tefillah, but there's no heart. The heart isn't in it. Recently, I was talking to two friends, one that lives in Eretz Yisrael, one that lives in America, and both live in areas where they don't have a breast of shul next to them. So I asked, where do you daven? So one of them said he davens in the main shul in the city, main shul in the city, and he says, but I, but I, I don't enjoy it. He says there's a small minion that has about 20 people, the Breslov minion, which is far by about 20 people. The big minion has about two, 300 people. The small minion has more life to it than the big minion with the 200 people. It's like a refrigerator. It's like a freezer, being in a freezer. It's a cold knish. This is what Rav Nossensal felt. This is what he felt. This is what he understood was missing. And this is what he received when he entered into the Oilam HaChasidus. And the pinnacle was when he got to Rabbeinazal. And, and a person needs an incredible zechia to be able to know that something's missing. My Rebbe Rav Rosenfeld told the story of how he came to be a Breslover Chassid. And he said he grew up in a house. His father was a, a descendant of Rabbi Aranzal, one of the most important students of Rabbeinazal, of Rabbi Nachman. And his father on Shabbos would read something from Likud Imran, but there wasn't heavy, heavy Breslov influence that was that was active. He was learning in yeshiva. He went away from the house maybe six o'clock in the morning to go daven in yeshiva, came home eight o'clock at night, you know, learning a whole day, basically. And he said he was learning well. He enjoyed learning Gemara, Halacha, everything he was learning. But one day he said he was at home and he started thinking about his life And he felt something's missing. Something, I don't feel a connection to Hashem. The, the Torah, the, the Zohar says, the Torah and Hashem and the Jewish people are one. I feel a connection to Torah. I don't feel a connection. I don't feel ruchnius. I don't feel spirituality. And he, he, he knew that spirituality is something more than halacha. 
We know that the Arizal says that the word halacha makes up the first letters of the words Horiu Lashem Kol Haaretz. Let the whole world praise Hashem. But the word Kabbalah makes up the first letters of Hishtachavu Lashem Bahadras Kodesh. We bow to Hashem in his holy sanctuary. So the Arizal says there's two levels. There's regular, there's regular, Horiu Lashem Kol Haaretz. That's halacha. That's for every everybody. But there's another level, a completely different level of connecting to Hashem, which is Hishtachavu Lashem Bahadras Kodesh, which is Kabbalah, which is the Yisoyed, the foundation for Hasidus. All of these Sifrei Hasidus are built on the Yisoydos of the Sifrei Kabbalah, of the Arizal's writings and those teachings. So he said he decided to search. Where is he going to search? He said he'll start in Breslov. His father is a Breslover. So he had the Sefer Hishtapchu Sanefesh, Outpouring of the Soul, which is a, a Sefer that gathers together all of the Torah about the topic of Tefillah and Hispoididus that's found throughout Rabbeinazal's writings and Rabnasanzal's writings, plus some additional items from the Gemara, from the Medrash, from the Zohar Kodesh, beautiful things that are in this Sefer, Hishtapchu Sanefesh, Outpouring of the Soul. And he said he started reading it, and he got to a certain story where this story changed his life completely, completely, completely. What was the story? The story is Rabbeinazal, one day, a summer day in Ukraine, Rabbeinazal davened Nates early, finished davening, had coffee, and then told his daughter to go bring one of his students. She, 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 she calls him, he comes, and he says, let's go for a walk. And they go out of the city, and they, they go to a mountain. And Rabbeinazal seems to know exactly what this is, what this is, they find an opening in the mountain, like a cave, and Rabbi Nizal goes inside with his student, and he takes out a sefer, Sharei Tzion, which is a sefer of tefillos that were written by the Mikubolim. He takes out the sefer, and he sits down on the ground, and he starts saying the tefillos, and he starts crying. And he's crying and crying and crying for a long, long time. And the student is watching this. He's looking at this and he's in awe. I never saw anything like this. Such an intensity, such tefillah. When Rabbi Nizal finished, he said to the student, go take a look to see where the sun is holding. And they saw that the sun was starting to set, which means they could have been there five hours, seven hours, that Rabbi Nizal was was pouring out his heart in tefillah for that period of time. And Rav Rosenfels of Hanabracha said, this story changed his whole life. He doesn't explain how or why, but it seems to me he became aware that there's a different league of connecting to Hashem. You go into a shul, every, everybody, who doesn't die? Everybody davens. You're right. Everybody davens. There's another level completely of of people who feel that they're standing literally in the divine presence of Hashem when they're, when they're davening. And it's a cardiac experience. It's not, it's not only a verbal experience. It's a cardiac. The whole, the, their heart is in it completely. 
And it's a completely different level of MS, of truth. And this is what Rav Zal felt was missing from his life. And this is what he searched for. And this is what he found. And in all of his svarim, a person who learns Likutei Alochais, or the lik, person who reads Likutei Tfilois, or the other svarim of Rav Zal, this is what a person is getting. A person is getting a brain, a moyach, and a lathe. A combination, like like we say in Aleinu, It's one thing for a person to know in their mind, academically, they know about the, the Torah, the mitzvah Hashem. It's a completely different thing to transfer that knowledge, to bring the knowledge into the heart, where the passion is, where the fire is, and, and to fight the fire of the Sidra Achra, with a fire of Kedusha. There's a passage that says, Eish lefonov telech uselahet tzoviv tzorov. A fire goes before a person and burns away all of their opposition, all of their enemies. The word lefonov can mean before the person. The word lefonov could also mean into a person's face. Mm. That when a person is davening and a person puts intensity into it, into the tefillah and into their Torah, when they know the Torah is not just an academic thing, the Torah is a cardiac thing. This is supposed to change my heart completely from, from a lave however, a heart of stone into a lave bosser, a heart of flesh, that my heart should be burning with, with fire, healthy fire of Kedusha, should be passionate about Hashem, about every mitzvah, about Shabbos is coming, that, that Shabbos is the joy of my life, and, and tzitzis, tefillin, uh, uh, lighting candles, a woman lighting candles, I wait a whole week for this deep, deep connection to Hashem and put my whole heart into it. We should be zirchet to learn from the example of Rav Zal from this, we have today Baruch Hashem Sforim, we have in Hebrew the Yemei Maranat and the other Sforim that give us an insight to Rav Zal's life. And recently, several years ago, the Sefer Through Fire and Water came out. And in Hebrew, Ba'eshu Bamayim, which is a complete biography of Rav Zal's life, <clears throat> put together from about seven or eight different Sforim. By, by studying the life of Rav Zal and especially learning his Sfarim and, and the Sfarim of Rav Zal, it's, it's one and the same. Rav Zal says in chapter one in Likud Imran that the Rebbe is the sun, the student is the moon. Now we know, and we, this is in the Gemara, the Gemara says, Pnei Moshe Pnei Chama, Pnei Yeshua Pnei Levana. That Moshe Rabbeinu's light is compared to the sun, Yeshua to the moon. And the Gemara says, Imagine, look at the difference. You know how different the sun is from the moon? Billions of levels different. <coughs> in size, in fire, in everything. So, the, so it, it's, a person would think if that's the case, then who needs the sun? How much could I possibly get from the student? The student is a nothing compared to the rabbi. But the, the, the levana, the word levana, it's brought, makes up the first letters of the opening words of the Sefer Yitzira. Lamed, Beis, Nesivus, HaChachma. There are 32 paths of Chachma. The 30, 32 paths of Chachma are the Torah, which begins with the letter Beis and ends with the letter Lamed. 
32 paths of Chachma. That's the sun. The, the, the words Lamed Beis, the first letters make up the word Levana. The moon is a carbon copy of the sun. It's not the same intensity. It's not the same voltage. But the entire light of the sun goes into and is reflected by the moon in a toned down way, in a way that we can appreciate it and we could we could relate to it. Rabbi Nezal says clearly in chapter 140 in Likut Imran, Rabbi Nezal writes there that we cannot understand the tzaddik. We have no grasp, Rabbi Nezal says, we have no tfisa in the tzaddik. The only way that we can really grasp the tzaddik and understand the tzaddik is through his students. The, the Pasuk, Rabbi Nezal brings the Pasuk, Biyad kol odom yachtoim, lodas kol anshe ma'asehu. That the tzaddik is like a choysam. A choysam is a seal. A seal, usually, if you look at a seal, you can't read it. Why? Because it's upside down. It's upside down. <laughs> Rabbi Nezal says this teaches us that the tzaddik, who is called choysam, we can't read him. We can't understand him properly. The way that we can get to understand, we know that Moshe Rabbeinu, the Torah tells us, he had to wear a mask. No corona, no shmarona, he had to wear a mask. Moshe Rabbeinu had to put a mask. Why? The light was too bright. The Jews could not look at Moshe Rabbeinu. Through Yehoshua, through, through Rav Nassim we get a good, clear understanding, accurate understanding of what, what Rabbeinazal means in Likut Imran, in Sipurei Maisius, in Sefer Amidos, in all the places. And this is why you find outside of Breslov, it used to be that there were people who, there were many people who were very much opposed to Rabbeinazal, to Breslov. Today there's less of that, generally, much less. But even those who respect Rabbeinazal, even those who are willing to have a Likut Imran in their home, or in their shul. And again, there still are shuls that don't allow a Likute Moran into the shul. But even those shuls that do, they say Rabbi Nachman could be he was a tzaddik. The troublemaker was Rabbi Nassim. He's the one who got it all wrong. He's the one who messed everything up, making such a big deal about Rabbi Nachman. That, uh, tzaddik, there's other tzaddikim. There's other tzaddikim also. And, and this is where they, they miss out. And Ashreinu Matev Chokeinu, that we're not missing out. That we're zeichet to have a kvius. And Likutei Alochais, we're learning this Sefer, which gives us the clearest, most accurate picture of Moshe Rabbeinu, of Rabbeinazal, of the, the great, great Sadikin. We know that by, by the Arizal it's brought, that shortly before the Arizal passed away, he told all of his students, none of you have permission to teach what I taught you or to write down and, and write svarim out of what I, because none of you really understood it properly. Only him, only Reb Chaim Vital. He's the only one who understood it correctly, who has permission to teach it and to write it. And it's from the writings of Reb Chaim Vital, which were organized by his son, Reb Shmuel Vital, that we have the Kisferizal today. So we see that there is, a, we know from Rabbeinazal, Rabbeinazal who had many students, we don't have any sforim. We have almost very, very little from all the other students. Where is it? The answer is there was one Rav Nassim, Rav Nassim Zal, who had such an incredible 
relationship with Rabbeinazal, he was so devoted and so loyal and, and made such mesiras nefesh, went through so much insults and, and obstacles, like in the story of the Rabbein Yochid, to get to Rabbeinazal and to spend quality time with Rabbeinazal. And he succeeded. He achieved the greatest degree of success that what we see today, just in Beit Shemesh alone, I believe there are approximately 40 breasts of shuls. And today, Rav Nosan there might have been a thousand sudas all over the world, all over Eretz Yisrael, all over the world. People making a suda in honor of Rav Nosan Today is Erev Shabbos. This is the esting today and going into Shabbos fasting. The first food that we're going to taste is the, the Kiddush tonight, which is an incredible holy experience going from the purity of fasting into the Kiddush of Shabbos. We should be zeichah that all the tzaddikim should defend us in, before Hashem. Their tefillah should be niskabel and we should be zeichah to the geula shleima b'mheira b'yameinu amein v'yameinu. I see a question in the chat. Not to need stuff. The answer is that that's also important. It is important for a person to feed their family because by feeding their family, the family can do mitzvahs, mice, and toivim. But but it's not the same. It's not the same. The Torah tells us that when a person gives charity to a poor person, especially today's their Shabbos, especially we're talking about food for Shabbos or expenses for Shabbos. There's, there's a whole chapter in Shulchanah, not one chapter, several chapters in Shulchanah and Yoradeya, Hilchas Staka, that this is thing to do, but but we can't compare it to Tzedakah. The Mishnah says in Pirkei Avos, Yehi Beischa Beizvad Lechachomim, your home should be a meeting place for Chachamim. Chachamim should be welcome in your house. And the members of your household should be the poor people. There are many interpretations of that, Mishnah. One of the interpretations is, The members of your household, your family, should be poor. Meaning, meaning take food from them, and give it to your guests. Make sure you host poor people. You host people who can't afford to make a sheva brachas, to make a simcha in their home. You host it in your home. That's v'yu aniyim b'nei b'yisecha. We should be zeichet to momo in dikdusha. We should be zeichet to see the gula shleiba b'mheira b'meinu. Amen v'amen.